This is Pat Soundbites Unplugged. Unplugged. The podcast where all the artists go to tell it as it is. Careers, music, tours, and more. And here's your host, the man that refuses to eat squid, Pat Calamari. Hey, Pat Calamari here, your host for Pat Soundbites Unplugged for Tuesday, February 25th, 2020. Well, this is different, I gotta say that, to start things off. Got the opportunity to talk to a, a cool guy, great guy, great chat. Name is Thomas Kercheval. Now, you might not recognize Thomas's name. He might not be famous or known to you. But Thomas's story is one of the best, coolest stories I've heard in a long time. So let me just set the table for you. Thomas has always been a fan like many of us, of the Scottish rockers Big Country. And uh, actually Big Country, Bruce Watson, his son Jamie, and their band coming to locally here at Daryl's house on Wednesday, March the 4th. And I'm all the tables are sold out, and I'm sure this show will sell out. It's actually only five scheduled performances here in the state starting at Daryl's, then a showdown in New York City, at the uh, Sony Hall, and then three shows down in Florida, and that's it. Now, Thomas's connection is not only a fan, he's a musician, but he's a diehard fan of Big Country. That's his favorite all-time band, and he realized that he wanted to do a podcast, and he found in his search that there's no Big Country podcast. So he started... The Great Divide, Big Country Podcast. It can be found at bigcountrypodcast.com on all the podcast hosting sites. And I encourage you to sign up as I think about it right now. And Thomas, been to a bunch of Big Country shows over the years and had a chance to meet Bruce Watson and Stuart Adamson and the band. So they knew of him. And they knew of his podcast, and eventually he had Bruce on as a guest on the podcast. And then, as a musician, he said, why not? He sent Bruce an email of a track that he was working on to get Bruce's feedback. And long story short, Bruce liked it. And fast forward, they were able to collaborate on putting tracks together. Thomas produced it, he mixed it, he engineered it, put lyrics on it. And it was released last December 14th called Men of Steel. And the band is called WKW for Watson, Kerchival, and Watson. And um, talk about hitting Powerball, hit it out of the park. When your favorite artist not only answers your email, but becomes part of your, your situation, what you want. And you can't. You know, how many people do you know have had that opportunity? I can't think I can't think of any. I mean, off the top of my head, I cannot think of one person. Now, numerous artists do answer back and say, yeah, great track. Thanks. No thanks. But it speaks volume of all of who Bruce Watson really is as a as an artist, as a musician, 
and as a uh, human being that he appreciates all of that. So, yeah, how cool is that? So we talk about Men of Steel. We're promoting Men of Steel. I played a track on my show, The Pat Show on WBXO on Sunday, and I will be playing more tracks, and I'll be listening, certainly supporting Tom's podcast, Thomas Kirchival, or Kirch Music, K-E-R-C-H Music. Check him out. He released a solo EP called Rail. I'm going to check that out. But uh, this is a story uh, way beyond anybody's wildest dreams. Go check out their music, WKWmusic.com. It's all on the... um, the outlets and please buy buy the uh, album buy the cd none of this stealing crap these people work way too hard so that's my episode of the day i'm trying having not good luck reaching out to bruce or actually connecting with bruce over in the uk uh they had some storms come through and uh they've had some phone issues so i'm gonna hopefully get an interview well, I have an interview scheduled. It's now just a matter of connecting with Bruce and uh, promoting the show at Daryl's, which is going to certainly sell out Wednesday, March the 4th. If you like what I do, please continue to support. I am blessed to be able to do what I do. Trust me. I do not take this for granted. And uh, talk to folks like Thomas or Bruce or any of the excellent artists. So, Please keep downloading, and thank you. As always, live, love, and laugh a lot, because life is way too short. Here's a good chat with Thomas Kirchival of WKW. WBXO Classic Rock Redefined in conjunction with Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast. Well, this is a change of pace. Really cool. I'm a fan of the band, the Scottish Rockers, Big Country, and... I'm on the phone with a singer, a songwriter, a musician, a producer, a fellow fan of Big Country, a collaborator, and he's also the podcast host of the Big Country podcast, The Great Divine. His name is Thomas Kirchival, and he's out of Virginia, and he's uh, released an album in December with Bruce Watson and Jamie Watson of Big Country called um, Men of Steel. They're a band called WKW, and I just started playing a track last Sunday. So it's an honor to have Thomas Kirchival on the phone to share all about this great news and uh, what's exciting for him and what's going on. Hi, Tom. Hey, how you doing, Pat? It's an honor for me, believe me. Yeah. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, no, this is really cool to have a fellow podcaster on. But before I get into any of that, um, I saw that you have solo albums out as well, The Rail and stuff like that. So you have you always knew music was your calling, you know, growing up, before you get into the whole big country stuff? Yeah, you know, it was. I mean, I, I was, uh, I, I've always been into music. The very first record that I got was Rockin' Robin by the Jackson 5. Oh, Jackson no. 5 was my first obsession. <laughs> <laughs> and then amazingly enough, I, I, I went to the Carpenters, and, and then when I was a like, little kid, I was a huge Kiss fan. I mean, I was just a Kiss fanatic. And anyway, to make a long story short, music has always been a huge part of my life. And as I got a little bit older, I began to get into bands like Big Country and U2 and that kind of... Uh, era of those those mid-80s guitar bands that were singing those anthemic songs and 
And um, that's pretty much when I decided I wanted to be a part of that too. I wanted to learn to, to play guitar and write songs and uh, express myself that way. So. Yeah, it's always been a huge driving force in my life. Ah, good for you. And uh, yeah, I can relate. I have many Carpenter albums and Barry Manilow. And as you, <laughs> um, I got hooked on the Kiss for one of my first concerts. I want to say, nineteen seventy six in a New Haven Coliseum with ACDC. Oh, you saw them at a good time. Yeah, when, and, and it was ACDC opened up for them, and I didn't know. Oh man, I didn't have no idea who this Angus Young guy running around with a you know, school outfit on, jumping up and down stage, and they were doing their Highway to Hell and uh, all that, and uh, then Kiss came on, and obviously the bombs are going off and going, what is going on here? So, yeah, uh, we, we have a, a lot in common. Only, you know, I just never had a knack to become a musician, but now I'm on this side of the table for, well, the last six or seven years, more in this side of the industry, I have such a great um, respect and perspective of, of musicians and meeting the artists and hanging out and, you know, learning about that side of the business. It's like, wow, totally, like, from a fan, it takes you to a whole different level. So that's that's cool. All right, so then you become a, you become a fan of big country. And um, how long, I mean, how did you get this, the podcast? Did you reach out to Bruce? Were you able to, I mean, you're a fan and, you you know, you're reaching out to a star and then, like, how? How did that all work, and how did that get you where you are today with them? Yeah, well, it, it's a, it was kind of a long process over a number of years. You know, I kind of I kind of wormed my way into Bruce's life, <laughs> but uh, I, I started the podcast um, on my own without any approval from the band, really, because I was really getting into podcasts, and I I was loving listening to music related podcasts, and I thought, well, wow, it'd be great if there was a big country podcast. So I searched for one, I didn't find one. So I thought, well, I'll start my own. It was the first one I've ever done. And uh, I got a co-host uh, from Norway named Svan Jortog. <laughs> and I hope I said his last name correctly or he'll be upset with me. But um, who's, a, who's a big fan as well, of course, and I've known him for years. So we started this, this show, The Great Divide Podcast. And we would talk about Big Country. We would go through their albums and, you know, review each track and, and that kind of thing. And I had met Bruce before a couple of times um, seeing Big Country when their lead singer, Stuart Adamson, was still alive. Yeah. Um, so I knew who he was, and he knew who I was, but um, eventually we got him on the show. We, we interviewed him, and we sort of forged a, a stronger relationship, he and I, and um, and it just kind of developed from there. And, and as you said earlier, I'm, I'm a solo musician, too, so I've released my own music for years, been in bands and that kind of thing. Um, you know, Thomas Kirchable is what you would search for if you ever have any interest in finding that. But um, so one day I, I released uh, the latest EP that I did, which was called Rail, and I was working on it. And I had developed a relationship enough with Bruce that I thought, you know what, I'm going to send him one of these songs because I'd like to get some feedback from him. And a guy I respect and, and admire and a hero of mine. It took a little nerve to work up, but I didn't want to annoy him. But I, I sent him a song and said, hey, I, you know, I'm working on this music. I know you know I'm a musician. I, I'd love to hear your feedback on this. Anything you want to say about it. And he wrote back a really complimentary um, note that made me feel great. And I could tell that he had really listened to the song. It wasn't like he just said, oh, that's cool. You know, he, he, he mentioned specific elements of the song that he liked. And wow. He related it to things. So that was really great. And, and so then I got a little bit more confident because I, he had said in the past, you know, he would like to write more and, and he would like to write some new music. So 
I just said, hey, you know, I'm really glad you like my song, and and uh, if you ever want to writing, you know, want to write something together, you know how to find me. And uh, I didn't expect anything of that really, but I thought if I didn't at least ask, I would regret it. <laughs> and uh, and we went from there. And um, literally just like a couple of days later, I got an email from Bruce with with two MP3 attachments, and they were a couple of demos that he had had sitting around for a couple of years, and he had never been able to finish them. And he said, um, you know, I've got these two songs that I wrote and recorded, and uh, I, I'm not happy with the way they, they ended up. I like parts of them, but I never really felt like they were finished. See what you can do with these. And if, you, if I like what you do, I'll tell you, and if I don't like what you do, I'll tell you that too. So I thought, well, that's fair enough. So um, I was obviously thrilled. You know, I, again, it was a really surreal moment for me because even though I gotten to know Bruce a little bit, he's still a part of literally my all-time favorite band. I mean, when I say I'm a fan of Big Country, yeah, I mean, like, when I say I'm a fan of Big Country, I don't mean just, like, they are one of many bands I like. They are the top of the chain. So that's the top of the mountain, I should say. So it was a very surreal moment. So I was like, okay, what am I going to do here? I I listened to the song. I loved parts of it. I thought, thought, well, maybe I could add a chorus to this song because I thought that was one of the things that it, it didn't quite have, from my perspective, question is called Seven Swords, which is actually on the album. So I, I wrote a chorus, um, I recorded a version of my vision of the song um, completely, and I sent it to Bruce, and I kind of held my breath, and I thought, oh man, you know, what's he gonna, what's he gonna say? You know, he's gonna say, I hate this Tom, I'm never gonna hear from him again. And um, he wrote back within a couple of days, and he shared it with his son Jamie, and he said, yo, we love this, this is great. You know, and he actually said, you gave it a chorus. So I thought, oh, this is awesome. So we, so that's really how the whole um, working relationship, song wise, started. Uh, he, he was confident in, in what I was able to do, and that made me feel great. And we started sharing ideas back and forth. And um, you know, again, he's in Scotland, I'm in America, so we never were able to get into a room together and jam and play and work these things out. It was literally done completely across the ocean <laughs> and uh, only only technology now as it exists today could make this possible and it was uh you know i produced my own stuff so this was a way that that we could write music that was very cost effective we weren't we weren't being charged hourly to be in a studio and he would send mp3s my way i would send uh i would work on those send him uh my thoughts on a song and he would say i like this part i don't like this part and eventually we would get it right and um Basically, he and Jamie would record their guitar parts and their vocal parts, and they would send those to me separately. I would record on my end uh, drums and bass and some of my guitar parts and my backing vocals uh, as well, and I'd mix them all together. And um, we would just keep sending stuff back and forth until we thought, okay, this song is done. This is great. And um, we eventually recorded a whole album's worth of uh, material that way, and that, that was meant a feel. So it's been a really fun, amazing experience for me. I mean... You know, to be able to work with members of your favorite band of all time and write songs that is, is incredible. I mean, dreams do come true. And you know what? You were you thought outside the box. And if you don't take the chance, I mean, you don't take the risk and you don't send out the email, I mean, you have nothing to lose. I, I always say, look, if I don't ask, I'll never know. Nothing gained, nothing ventured if we don't, you know, go out. What's the worst that they can say? Like you said, yeah, it was good. Hey, thanks a lot. Have a nice day. But, I mean... <laughs> Tom, I mean, you hit like Powerball. I mean, that's like a one in a million shot, and it and it talks. I know, I'm telling you. And it, I mean, I used to I used to listen to big country albums when I was a, a you know young, much younger person, was sitting on my bed thinking, 
And that he's the yeah. real deal, and he appreciates the fans and, and appreciates you. And I'm, you know, I'm sure before he even got him on as a guest on the podcast, he knew about it. He listened, you know, and he heard, you know, the, the pluses and minuses. And then you're, you're like you said, is my favorite all time band. So you're really not going to bash him. You might not like a song or two on an album here or there, or maybe they went on a different path, but still. You support them, and and that is so cool. Right. And congratulations, man! That's that is a grand slam of grand slams. I don't know if well, thank you. I appreciate that. I don't know if yeah, it really does. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I just don't know if you know you, me or you would get the same answer from a Gene Simmons or a Paul Stanley. But you know <laughs> yeah, what? I'm sure we would not. But Bruce, you know, I I'm happy to hear that first because I'm going to interview. Hopefully, get connected with Bruce later on this afternoon and I and I want to tell him you know you have no idea from a fan I have such a better uh, respect for him as an artist and a, and a person to be able to be honest with you and say yeah and then take you to this other level that I mean who gets, who gets that chance it's like you know, you, know. it's like you know you watch the Foo Fighters and people go to see the Foo Fighters and they got a sign hey Dave I want to get on stage with you and Dave's like all right you better be able to play. Get up here, and you know it's a once. In, it, you know what I'm saying? It's like a. It's a. Oh yeah. It's crazy, and you know it it, it, it's awesome. All right, so obviously you guys sat down or talked and came up with the name KW. Again, uh, yeah, WKW uh, for Watson, yeah. Kerchival, and Watson. What was it? What's with the with the mask in the picture in the back of the uh, album and the CD? Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, it's funny. A lot of people ask me about that. On the back of the CD, we're all wearing these surgical masks. And I mean, this was before coronavirus. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> I know. I was going to say, it's like people are, people are saying, you were really, uh, you know, prescient, you know, or whatever, because you know, now the coronavirus is out there. But it's before that. And really, there was no fault behind it. Here's what happened with that. It's just Bruce and Jamie were in, were touring um, in Japan with Big Country. Gotcha. And they happened to get some, some photos done of them uh, while they were, you know, having downtime. And they just had a, had a joke put on these surgical masks because in those those cultures there, a lot of people wear those around around their face just to prevent colds and that kind of thing. It's much more common. So they, they thought it was funny. And um, when we when we got WKW together and we started to work on the album and start thinking about photos, you know, it's kind of hard to take photos when two guys are in Scotland and one is in America. So <laughs> they said... Yeah, so they said, well, let's use these two photos with the surgical mask, but Tom, you're going to have to do one with a surgical mask, too, to know it's consistent. So uh, I said, all right, that's cool. I don't know what it means, but it's funny. I like it. So uh, I went out and bought a surgical mask and, and took a photo of myself, and it looked like we were all standing there together. But uh, it really meant nothing other than this is an interesting image. <laughs> but, yeah, with all the coronavirus and all that, it's it's taking all a little more meaning. No, I, I looked at that. And I just after a while, after playing, you know, the whole CD a bunch of times, and I started laughing. And my wife says, "What's funny?" And I go, "Well, they released this in December, and they got masks on, and everybody's wearing these masks." And I'm like, "Really? Stop! You know, get over it. Move on." Where did you guys? Where did you guys come up with the title "Men of Steel"? That came from Bruce, and uh, he originally wanted to call it Man of Steel, and his his fault was um, the Scottish uh, guy named uh, Andrew Carnegie, 
who made a huge fortune. Uh, he was from Scotland, and he made a huge fortune in the steel industry. And uh, this was like in the, correct, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, or I'm, I apologize if I get some of the dates wrong, but early 1900s. Basically. Okay. And, and uh, he is from the hometown of Bruce, which is Dunfermline, Scotland. So he's a big name over there. And, and he eventually came to America and made even a bigger fortune. And what was so interesting to him about Bruce is that, um, or what was so interesting to him to Bruce, uh, or about him to Bruce, sorry, I'll get that right, is that he eventually gave his entire, or most of his fortune away as when he became an old man. And, uh, he, you know, you'll see that a lot in America. He's left a lot of great legacy here to libraries and things like that. So um, Bruce thought that was just a cool idea to reference this guy and call it Man of Steel. And there's some references to him in um, one of the songs, Lay the Coin. But we, um, we were working with an artist uh, for the cover whose name is Tim Eldred. Uh, he actually works for Marvel Comics. Oh, and, nice. um, and Tim is another big, big country fan. So that's another bit of serendipity here. You know, we got a, a guy who works for Marvel Comics, who's a big country fan, who said, yeah, I'll do the cover for you. <laughs> so, wow. So um, anyway, it, Tim said, you know, you might want to check about Man of Steel because that could be trademarked and by our rival comic company, DC. And uh, we know, let's not, we're, we're small potatoes, but let's not take any chances. So we, we said, let's just call Men of Steel, and that crap refers to all of us. But the, the basic genesis of that came from uh, Andrew Carnegie and uh, that, that famous guy who made a fortune in the steel industry and then gave his, gave his money away. And I'm, I'm sure Bruce can add to that, but that came directly from Bruce. No, it's a it's a great it's a very it's a great story. I took it now as a fan, a big country, and as a music fan, and knowing their music, they got that Celtic and great guitar riffs. I said, and I didn't really get a chance to listen to your solo stuff, only this album. And I go, man, there's a lot of great guitar riffs here. And I'm looking at the pictures, and I'm going, man, it's steel. I mean, it's just steel guitar. You're not not the steel guitar, but really more of getting the riff out. But no, okay. Oh, that's great. I love I love that interpretation. I'll take that one. Yeah, no, that. So, that funnily enough, the the one of the biggest big country albums that that fans are love the most was called Steel Town. Steel Town, right? Album. Absolutely. And so, uh, yeah. So when I saw that, you know, he came up with Men of Steel. I thought, well, hey, anything with steel in it is fine by me. So. Uh, yeah, so that's another connection. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I, I love that. That's the way I looked at it, but that's okay. And everybody has their different interpretations of it. And Steel Town, it's got to be like, what, the 35th anniversary last year or so? Yeah. Yeah, that, that came out in 84, I think. So, yeah, that's about right. And I, and I got hooked up with them. I want to say it was Field of Fire. Am I, is that the right song, I think? Field yeah, of Fire? Sure From yeah. The Crossing, that I want to say. Exactly, that was my first album. And Only enough, that's how I became a fan. I saw that video when I was a kid, and, and I loved it, and that's how I became a fan. I saw that, I heard the song, and it was catchy, and then, um, you know, in a big country with the drum lead, and I go, wow, this is, it was different, you know? It yeah, wasn't the yeah. same to describe their genre, you know, people, well, new wave, punk, but they they also had, they, they incorporate that Celtic sound, which isn't out they there really a did. lot. And and it was they catchy. Really and, it was, it was great. And unfortunately for them, it's like people started to, as they put out more albums, people started to say, oh, this sounds the same, or this is this is a gimmick, or this is this bagpipe guitar sound. And, and that became a problem for them, which I know that always bothered them, and as a fan, it always bothered me. And, you know, I, I don't want to speak for Bruce, you're going to talk to him later, but I, 
I, I just remember thinking, if these songs don't sound the same, these, these are, this is just the way they play, this is their sound, but they got labeled as, in America anyway, as kind of this, oh, they're the gimmicky band that their guitars sound like bagpipes, but they were so much more than that, and that's, that's just how they naturally played. And, um, you know, they didn't, they didn't have a bagpipe guitar pedal that they ran their guitars through, you know? <laughs> and that's, that's what I loved about them, is that they had that Celtic feel, and that's what, that's what their biggest fans loved about them. So, you know, unfortunately, they didn't, they, they had huge success, but they never kind of, you know, hit that gigantic U2 level of success, and they kind of dwindled in the U.S., but, you know, they still have a, a great following, and they've actually had a bit of a resurgence lately. I mean, their, their shows are selling great, and they're touring all the time, so, uh, yeah, they have a lot of loyal fans out there, and, myself included. And I, and I don't think that's fair, because you and I know there are bands, you know, I'm good friends with Billy Gibbons and ZZ Top the minute they start playing, or the Rolling Stones, Keith Richards. You know, it's got that, it's their sound, it's their tone. Exactly. You know, and exactly. that's not fair to take a, you know, to, to, to aim at them that way. I mean, yeah, the YouTubes, you know, it all comes down to the, the songs and the songwriting and the label and the promotion and getting it out there. And one of the questions I have for Bruce, and I'll ask you, and I was kind of disappointed because they are big in the States and maybe not as big as everybody else, but I know Daryl's is going to sell out in a heartbeat and I only see five shows and I'm like, man, why wouldn't they take it, go the extra level? Maybe, you know, logistics or I, I don't know. I, I just. Think, yeah. I mean, Bruce, I said, Bruce can probably answer that better. Uh, for me, I, I know that the last time they toured here extensively was in 2013 for this album called The Journey, which had Mike Peters from The Alarm as their singer. And um, they, I was at the, a lot of those, or some of those shows, and they were great. They had a great time. But I know they, they told me that um, the way that sh the way that show the shows were booked and the way that tour was booked ended up costing them money. They ended up losing money on oh, that. Oh my goodness! And it's you know so it's it's tough. And, and I know that, I know I'm sure Bruce will tell you that it's very expensive for them to come over here. And um, whatever they do, they got to have something that's lined up in a way that's really conducive to obviously you know turning a profit. And so that that's part of the issue. And um, you know, but we certainly want them to play more. And I, I think what they're doing right now with these few shows here and there is, is sort of dipping their toes in the water and seeing what the reaction might be, and then hopefully maybe we'll get some more some more extensive touring over here in America because I know there are a lot of people would love to see it. Absolutely, and the minute it was posted here locally, all the reserve tables were. I mean, it was like a buzz. Like, wow, big country. Oh, are you kidding me? Like, boom. It was like, you know, we just had the tubes here last year. Uh, you know, all, all those 80s. I mean, anybody that comes to Daryl's, A, it's a great venue. B, the sound guy is one of the best in the business. And uh, Bruce Bruce is going to love it. Um, it it's going to be packed. It's going to be. So, yeah, you're probably right. And I don't blame them. I mean, if you lost money in a tour and then you look at where we are today, you know, with the whole downstreaming and stealing songs online, and I hate exactly. it. It drives exactly. me crazy. I encourage people me to too. buy, buy, buy. I want the album in my hand. I mean, I was an album guy, a vinyl guy. I couldn't wait to open up the sleeve and read the lyrics and read the, the liner notes. I want to have that hard copy. I don't want to. I mean, I, yeah, because of the business we're in, you know, a, produ a pr 
publicist or manager will send me the music digitally, which is great. I'm thankful for it. But I'm like, well, if I don't get it from them as a courtesy, I'm just going to go out and buy it anyway because I really want to, especially when I'm doing interviews, you know, like yourself, you want to prepare yourself. I want to know, like... One of the questions is, I see Stuart Adamson um, is the writer on two of the songs, Troubled Man yeah. and Nationwide. And obviously, Stuart passed away a few a bunch of years yeah. ago. So obviously, this was done when he was alive, and this is a chance that it was it's finally been out and released. So, which is cool. Exactly. Yeah. I, how those songs came about, like. The song Troubled Man was a song that Big Country actually recorded as a B-side a um, number of years ago, and it, it's kind of a fan favorite, you know, one of those obscure tracks that people listen to and say, oh, I love that song, I wish they'd released it on the album. And it was never given, like, a full um, production treatment, I guess you could say. It was kind of a bare-bones version of the song that they recorded. It was awesome, beautiful. Um, but we thought, you know, why not, let's try to give it, like, a big... Not a, we didn't want to give it like a glossy type of production because the song is, is pretty uh, got some pretty melancholic and and powerful lyrics and message but we just wanted to try to do our own take on it in a way that maybe gave it more of a, a production than it had before um, not to say this one is better obviously because there are a lot of people who probably didn't even want us to record that song because it was very almost sacred as a Stuart Adamson song but we just felt like we wanted to pay homage to him by doing that and uh, to show our love for that song and then and give it you know the attention that we thought it really deserved from a studio perspective. Um, as far as Nationwide, that's even more interesting because that is a song that Stuart wrote when he was a teenager for the first band he was in called The Skids. And um, they were another Scottish band that was really popular in the UK and on the verge of, of doing great things and they broke up and he went on to form Big Country. but. Nationwide was a demo that they actually recorded and used to be a big part of their live set, but it never made it to the first uh, Skids album. And really, nobody's ever even heard the demo before. Uh, some guy that we know had a copy of it, and he, he graciously shared it with us, and he was around at the time that the Skids were around and knew all those guys, and he had this, he had this great demo that he hopes to release one day. So he's like, you cannot release this, but if you want to record this person on the song, you know, I don't have any rights to, to say no. So we, we pursued that with Stuart's people. We said, you know, is it okay that we record this? And we thought it'd be really cool to record this punk song that Stuart wrote um, back in the heyday of punk, you know, 1977 is when it was written. Wow. And um, so we, we took that demo and we, we sort of stayed true to it, but we added, you know, a lot of more modern touches to it and sound to it, but kept it really punk related. And uh, we even got the guy who, who is the current bassist and was the original bassist in the skid to uh, guest play guest bass on that song. Um, his name is Bill Simpson, but at the time when he did that, he had a really cool punk name. He went by the name Alex Plode. X and then P-L-O-D. So he said, yeah, I'll, I'll play bass on it again, but I want to be credited as Alex Plode again, just like he was in 1977. So we're like, okay, that's awesome. Hey, so, um, do whatever works, right? I'm up with John, yeah. yeah. Well, exactly. So it, it was cool for us to be able to record that song of Stewart's that probably you know most people have never even heard before, and uh, and you know give it a, give it some airing, and we've gotten a lot of good good feedback on that tune. So uh, yeah, and you know Stuart Adamson was such a great guy. I, I met him a couple times, well, over the years, and I could tell some you know some long stories about how gracious and kind he was, and he was um, you know it was such a tragedy the way that he, he passed away and it's such a shock to so many of us and, 
that's also actually one of the reasons I started the podcast because not to get too deeply into this, but um, it's, the, the band's music was always so inspiring to me and life affirming to me, and uh, the, the messages were so positive and inspiring and uplifting. Even though there were a lot of dark subjects subject in a lot of the lyrics, there was always a sense of, I, I guess, uh, optimism amidst it all and fighting. So when Stewart passed away, you know, the way he did, taking his own life, that was a huge blow to big country fans. And for me personally, I had a real hard time listening to the music for a long time because, you know, when you've got a guy who's, who's big hit in a big country, has the chorus, stay alive. You know, to think of that cruel irony, it, it just hurt really bad. You know, it hurt on a deep, soul-crushing level. And, um, you know, it took a couple years to, for me to, to go back and, and think, you know, I know Stuart was going through something, you know, it, it must have been awful for him. And and to kind of go back to that music and reclaim it, I guess I could say, and, and start to feel joy in that And again. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to start the podcast. And... One of the greatest things for me personally is that I've heard from so many people who say, you know, your podcast got me back into the band. You know, your, your podcast got me listening to the band again and, and got me feeling the way I used to feel about Big Country's music because that reaction to Stuart's death was, was very, was widespread among Big Country fans. You know, it just felt so horrible. And um, so to hear from people over the years who have said, you know, we've been doing the podcast since 2012. So to hear from people, even today, we still hear from people like, you know, we discovered your podcast and it reignited my interest in the band and, and I feel so happy to listen to their music again. I mean, to me, that feels like me and, and my co-host and doing this, like doing right by Stuart and doing right by his memory and saying, you know, we're going to support you and keep your legacy going the best way we can because the music that he wrote and that Bruce wrote um, meant so much to us. And, and, you know, working with Bruce on WKW, and even before that, it, it made it so clear to me how crucial Bruce was for those songs and to that sound. And, you know, Stuart was such a big presence that Bruce often often got overlooked more than he should have and, and didn't get thought of in the same vein as Stuart. Um, but, you know, take it from me, you know, working with Bruce, they, that guy is, is a, a brilliant mind, a great musician. He was the co-writer of, of many of Big Country's biggest hits. You know, that guitar sound is just as much um, his as it was Stewart's. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a fantastic guy who had a huge um, role in creating Big Country. So, you know, th that's one thing that I've learned working with him is, and, and I think a lot of people have learned over the years since he's really kept the band going, even though he would deny that. You know, he would say, he would tell you, you know, I'm not the leader of the band, I'm just a member of the band. But, yeah, he keeps the band going, in my opinion, and um, you know he's 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 really come to the forefront as, and I think being respected as he always should have been as a great guitar player, great songwriter, and um, yeah, there were just a couple. Uh, that whole band was full of great musicians. You know, Tony Butler, an amazing bass player who played with the Pretenders, and Pete Townsend, and did some amazing work with them, and he was incredible. Mark Brzezicki, the drummer, he's still with them, right? Mark is still with the band, right? Yeah, Mark is still in the band. Mark and Bruce still in the band. They got a new bass player, a new singer, um, and Jamie Watson, Bruce's son, who is also an incredibly talented musician, has been with them since 2011, I think. Um, so, you know, he's a great guy too. With with inherited Bruce's abilities, and then brings a lot of his own stuff to the table. So, um, yeah. So, you know, sorry if I went off on a tangent there, but uh, just 
just really talented guys, and and uh, you know they continue to mean so much to me personally, and, and their music does. And when we recorded Men of Steel, I mean, we wanted to, we we, we certainly didn't set out to to cop the big country sound, but that's just how we all naturally play. I mean, Bruce naturally plays that way. Jamie does. And I, as a guitar player, I'm very influenced by big country, among other people, and so you know, I I kind of have a similar style as well. So a lot of people say this, this sounds a lot like big country, and, and you know I'm fine with that. I take that as a total compliment. If it's new, new music that's being produced that has that big country flavor and attachment, you know I'm I'm completely fine with that and proud of it. And uh, you know I I think it's it's great. So you know for for people to associate that with big country and feel like it fills a little bit of a of a gap um, in the fact that there hasn't been any new big country music in a while. Um, that really is is very uh, satisfying to me. Well, there's a, you, you brought up a lot of great points, and certainly Stuart um, was a, a, a big loss with the band, and listening to your reaction on how it affected you, I could only imagine what was going really on Bruce's mind, you know, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah, you were the, you, you ignited... Your podcast really ignited something that was missing out, that filled that void, and uh, and, and and your whole story is just insane. Of the fact of the whole email and reaching out and being part of this and being the producer and the engineer and the mixer of this album of your, you know, your your, your heroes, your one, you know, your favorite band, and and the other thing that catches my eye is um, this was a crowdfunding uh, campaign. And obviously, it went very well. I mean, the goal was reached in less than two weeks. I mean, so that that speaks volume, you know, right there. It's like, oh, my God, yeah, I want to be part of it. We haven't heard nothing. I can't wait. This is long overdue. So, you know, I applaud you in, in so many sense. I encourage folks to go listen. I am certainly going to support you, Thomas, and check it out, bigcountrypodcast.com. Um, the bigger question is, you're coming to the show, which is going to be at Daryl's on Wednesday, March the 4th, and one of my questions for Bruce is, you got to be telling Thomas to grab a guitar and bring it up for Virginia. you got to get on stage and... Uh, <laughs> And do a little seven seven swords or rose red sunset or something. I mean, that would be really cool. That would be awesome. Well, you know, he was he was kind enough. I, I forgot this quick story, but uh, when they did tour here over in America for their journey tour, um, I came to see them. He, he brought me up on stage with them, and this was before we started working on any music together. But he knew of the podcast, and I had interviewed him with the podcast, and uh, he brought me up on stage, and I, I played with them on the song Chance. So that was like a dream come true there too. And if it would have all stopped there, I'd have been happy. So, uh, but it, you know, it kept going. So, but yeah, I would love to love to do something with them. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force the issue because I know it's a big country show. But uh, any any opportunity, I will gladly take. Well, I, I, am, I am going to Scotland in April um, and uh, visiting Scotland in April for for a big country related event. Believe it or not. And um, one of the things that's going to be happening there is the skids are going to be performing, and Bruce and Jamie are still in that are in that band as well. The skids. And they usually open up for the skids um, playing acoustic stuff, just Bruce and Jamie. So I'm going to be at that show, and that definitely seems like a good opportunity for us to get together and hopefully play a song or two from the album. 
Well, the album is called Men of Steel. It's a great album, and I know I'll be playing a bunch of tracks on my show, keeping new music alive on the radio airways. It's wkwmusic.com. It's available on all the digital formats. I encourage folks to please buy these folks. Uh, you know, put a lot of heart and soul into this great work, and uh, they deserve to get paid um, just like anybody else doing their regular job. Everybody gets paid. Thomas, um, to promote your um, your solo stuff, Thomas uh, Kerchival Music on Facebook, and uh, Rail is a five-song EP, if we can uh, help promote that for you. Yeah, that's great. I appreciate it. I've got about uh, five, six full-length albums, and then Rail was a five-track EP that came out about a year or two ago, and um, yeah, so find me on Facebook, uh, Kirch, kirchmusic.com, we'll take you there too, that's K-E-R-C-H music.com, and see, I'm sounding like Gene Simmons, promoting myself. <laughs> no, 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 I'm trying to do that job, because that's what I want to do to do, you know, you're on the other side of the table here, come on now, I gotta help promote, <laughs> you're used to doing all that stuff, so I gotta do that for you here. No, I'm gonna, uh, you know, as artists, we're not that, always that great at promotion. So. Yeah, no, I understand, but uh, I will uh, try to get a uh, copy of Rail and uh, check it out and play some tracks on my uh, radio show for you as well. I encourage all the... Uh, oh, that'd be so great. All the big country folks to go to the Great Divide, the Big Country Podcast, and it's under bigcountrypodcast.com. Thomas, I hope you enjoyed the chat as much as I have. I'd be anytime you need a, a babbler from New York to be a guest on your podcast, you just call me. I am there. That'd be great. I would love that. I might take you up on that. Yeah, I mean your story is what every every fan, every music lover would love to have that um, that chance, and I, I'm so happy for you, and um, you know, the, the much success, and I hope uh, maybe they can be a, a follow-up to uh, Men of Steel. Oh, thanks so much, Pat. We're, we're going to work on that, definitely. And, uh, I just want to thank you for taking the time to reach out and for everything that you do, because people like you are, are so crucial and vital to keeping new music alive, and uh, believe me, it's, it's incredibly appreciated, so thank yeah, then we got to convince Bruce after he gets his toes wet, he's got to come back and and do a big uh, a big tour. Because I'm going to certainly tell him. I know you know you're on the other side of the pond, but you are well missed. And uh, you know because of uh, you, Thomas, uh, this flame is lit and it's got to keep the fire going. So uh, hopefully, hopefully I can convince him and tell him, man, don't stop now, buddy. Don't stop. That's right. Thomas, I, I hope you're successful with that. Excellent. I will try my best, my man. Thomas Kerchival of WKW, the album Men of Steel. Go purchase that. Go support this great guy. Go support the Big Country Podcast. All happening here on WBXO. We are classic rock. We're Redefine and Pat Soundbites Unplugged Podcast.